Should we get this thing started? Thank you for tuning in to Muse by Mariah, the podcast, where we dive deep into discussing mind, body, and soul. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Muse by Mariah, the podcast. I have another very special guest. Her and I have been good friends for like three or four years. We used to work together. Funny story. I hated her before we <laughs> we actually got to know each other. And now we're besties. Yes. So everyone, please welcome Paulina Minucci. Yay. She is just graduated with her master's mm-hmm. in uh, clinical mental health counseling. So we we can say she's basically a registered mental health counselor. Right. Not by the state, but <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Right. But today we are going to be discussing the topic of the pain body, mm-hmm. our internal pain bodies, how our external environment affects our pain body. And I actually found this word, this whole definition and meaning from the book, The Power of Now, which is by Eckhart Tolle. It's so amazing. 10 out of 10 recommends. You can get it on Amazon. And we're just going to kind of go into what the definition is of it. So in the book, he kind of describes it in a very, like, too classy for me it's like too wordy of a Mm -hmm. definition for you to understand it's like three pages long the definition yeah so we kind of have our own personal definitions that we're going to share just to not dumb it down but just make it easier to understand this Mm -hmm. is how I understood the topic so the definition of your pain body is letting a negative emotion take over your mind and your body yeah I think that's pretty valid how i val how i defined it was how our body holds on to triggers and trauma that haven't been dealt with yet so he basically it's negative emotions mm-hmm. so the one common denominator is the negative feelings right. that we carry mm-hmm. the way he described it too was anger um sadness hurt he said getting violent anxiety depression mm-hmm. what are these triggers to your pain body and it's hard for people to acknowledge that definitely because you kind of just want to just sweep it under the rug and like keep going with your day-to-day process yeah I mean exposing your pain body in general or kind of just understanding that it is there you know it puts you in a very vulnerable position um and not everybody is ready to be put in that position because it's scary it's scary to kind of sit with your emotions and say okay, I'm feeling this because this happened in the past or this made me feel this way. Um, So it does take a lot of work. It's not, you know, an overnight sensation, um, but the results can really free you of your own emotions and your own past trauma. Yes. And if you guys do read the book and read the excerpt about the pain body in the book, he discusses it multiple times throughout the whole book, but there's one specific chapter where he kind of goes into detail The one thing that I didn't like was that he kind of made it seem like it's a switch. Mm -hmm. You kind of can just switch this power on the power of now, which is the title of the book, Mm -hmm. to be conscious in yourself, what you're feeling, your body, your emotions, all of that. And I think it's important to note that it's not just a switch. 
It doesn't happen overnight. Right. It is days, weeks, months, years long process Mm -hmm. to really kind of grasp what your pain body is. Definitely. And I think something that I want to make very clear is that pretty much all of our behavior is learned. Right. So if we have been accustomed to reacting to a certain thing or something similar to something that's happened in the past, that behavior has been learned for years and years and years. So to then undo that and unlearn, you know, what our pain body has taught us, it's going to take some time. So we really have to have that grace and, you know, be patient with ourselves because it's a learning, it's a learning experience. Yeah. He talks about that too, that we need to go back to childhood traumas. Definitely. when he said that, I was like, oh, fuck, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like kind of starting to go on with like the day by day triggers mm-hmm. on my pain body. And mm-hmm. like to think about my childhood traumas, it's yeah. a whole other world yeah. of shit that I don't want to talk about or yeah, deal with. Absolutely. But I feel like it's for me personally, when I think about my childhood traumas mm-hmm. and the triggers that I have for some of those, I think about it in a positive light. Whereas when I have kids, I'm going to show them why we should eat healthy right. for like the bare minimum mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all about breaking those generally generational curses too, because maybe what you experienced in childhood, maybe one of your parents experienced in childhood, and then the list goes on and on and on. But to recognize what happened, why it affected you the way that it did, and how you don't want to continue that, that kind of creates this whole new life for yourself and then generations to come. And for people around you, too. Absolutely. And you might realize that you got to cut some ties with some people. I mean, hey, listen, (laughs) you know, I always think about it in any interaction that you have. It could be me and you sitting here talking right now, you at a grocery store, you catching up with somebody. Every interaction that we have ever is an exchange of energies. So if you feel that your energy is not being reciprocated back or in their own perspective, you got to snatch that shit back because our energy is so precious and that energy that we're using towards this person could be used to deal with our pain body Mm -hmm. or to deal with other things. So, you know, being in the here and now, again, it's, it's going to take some time, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we definitely (laughs) will. I'm actually really excited to talk about this. That was like, we just got boom. Yeah. Just right into it. Yeah. I just feel like you and I are very knowledgeable about these things. Yeah. Me from the studies that I've done. And, and me because I went through a lot of shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You're like, let me correct this real quick. It's crazy to think because ever since people, I don't know how else to word it, but ever since I started my spiritual journey and I started yeah. reading self-help books mm-hmm. and watching videos and documentaries mm-hmm. about like all this stuff yeah. that were in control of that we don't know right i feel like i kind of did take a step back and look at everything that did happen Mm -hmm. on a surface level depending on the situation depending on how deep it was Mm -hmm. but ever since then the relationships that i formed and the relationships that i've lost Mm -hmm. it's not really i mean it's affected me right in the moment in the now we can refer to in the now because Mm -hmm. that's how we refer to it a lot in the book yeah um it did affect me at in the now but the next day I was fine like I was going on with my life because I realized that at the end of the day it's me that I have to worry about Mm -hmm. and 
uh, I just wish I can just share that with everyone, you know, like, yeah. One of my favorite quotes of all time is you are the only constant in your life. Things come and go. Friendships come and go. People pass away. People are born, you know, whatever the case is. But you have to be okay with the decisions that you make on a daily basis because you're the one that, you know, you go to bed with yourself every night. So you have to be able to be okay with those decisions, Um, whether it be, you know, cutting off a toxic relationship that you don't want to or a toxic friendship or anything. These decisions are hard. They're not easy because so many of us like to hold on to the emotions that we felt during that relationship or the good times. Um, But then when we kind of have those, what I like to call like zoom out moments where you're like, is this actually benefiting me in some way? Is this enhancing my every day? Sorry, the cat just (laughs) (laughs) started across. Um, Yeah. So just taking a step back and realizing it um, in your own perspective, because any, like I said, any interaction, any relationship is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. So you it's gotta... so much easier said than done. Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> 100%. It's like, there's some people now that I realize, I don't want to say any names, but there's some people who I've kind of accepted mm-hmm. them for how they are because yeah. I, you can't change anybody. No. So, but then there's some people where I, I didn't accept it. I just cut those fuckers right off. I like, mean, I don't need that kind of energy in my life. They were right. triggering multiple pain bodies within myself. And right. it just was not worth the energy. No mm-hmm. matter how close these people were to me, right. no matter what relationship or history that we have together. Mm-hmm. So how do you like this question just came up in my head. Yeah. But like, what do you think the difference is? Like both of these people are triggering my pain bodies, mm-hmm. but why do you think I felt the need to cut off? I'm just asking as like a yeah. mental health counselor <laughs> point of view. Like, right, right. Why did I cut one person off and then I just chose to accept the fact for another? Yeah. It's a good question. That is a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, it really feels as though you may hold value to more than the person that you mm-hmm. kept around versus not. Um, but you also kind of have to kind of imagine your life without both people, right? So if you say, okay, well, I'm going to cut this person off. Is it going to make me sad? Or, you know, sometimes when you even ask that question, like, what if I just cut them off? Yeah. Or what if I'm just not friends with them anymore? You kind of feel like this weight being lifted off your shoulder. But then other people are worth keeping around, because any relationship, I don't care if it's platonic, a friendship, a family member, a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whoever, having that relationship there is, it's going to take work from both sides. If you and I just stay the same friends that we were when we first met, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. <laughs> Definitely <Right>. not. <laughs> so it's going to take some work, but it's, it's about if both parties are willing to put that work in. And sometimes one party is doing 80% and the other is doing 20. Mm-hmm. The person that's doing 80 is like, I'm doing all these things for this person. Why aren't they appreciating it? You know, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it's like, are you doing all of these things for them? Or are you doing those things to just keep the relationship alive? Even mm-hmm. when the other person's kind of like a dead weight. Yeah. And I feel like the triggers for that pain body, if you choose to keep, like I've, 
with those two relationships that I was just talking about, mm-hmm. I completely separated them and I acknowledge the fact of what I did, meaning yeah. that I accepted their actions and how they are as a person. And mm-hmm. the other person, I just decided it wasn't meant for me and it didn't yeah. suit my life path. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I were to meet, like, you know me, I'm not good at meeting friends, <laughs> but if I were to like meet someone and start networking with friends, people, mm-hmm. I feel like I would acknowledge my trigger mm-hmm. if I like found it. I, it's like a vibe thing like yeah. I feel like it's tying into like good vibes bad vibes yeah definitely and it would I can't like say like that's what would happen because mm-hmm. I obviously wouldn't know until yeah. that situation occurs mm-hmm. but I feel like it's important for people to acknowledge the fact that if someone doesn't like treat you right or do something mm-hmm. And you have worked on it. It's okay to cut them off. Absolutely. But it's okay if you want to, like, if you can just accept the fact that that's the way they are and you Mm -hmm. don't take how they are and what they do personally, Mm -hmm. then it's okay to continue that relationship. You just, instead of seeing them maybe once a week, you see them once a month. Right. Type of situation. Right. And, but the thing about what everything that you just said is that our pain body can be triggered by anybody whether it be someone you've known for years, a close friend, a family member, whoever, it doesn't, you know, it, 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 the pain body's about you and how you want to deal with it and how you want to process that. So you can have somebody wanting to be there for you, wanting to help you through this time, but even though their intentions are good, you're like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. like, you know what it is. So then you kind of have to have that tough conversation where it's like, is this a me thing or is it a relationship thing yeah. or is it a them? What is it triggering right now? Right. Like, is it triggering my pain body? And right. then we'll get into why that's so important that you're acknowledging the fact that yeah. your pain body might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I found interesting? What's that? In the excerpt <laughs> of the book where the pain body, mm-hmm. it says that your pain body is triggered more fr- for women. This is for women mm-hmm. more frequently during that time of the month. Right. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. As I never thought about it like that until I read it in the book. Like, yeah. obviously, like, I can get crazy and, right. like, I want to, like, eat everything and I want right. to, like, punch you if you <laughs> cross me the wrong Absolutely. way. <laughs> and he acknowledges it as your pain body is getting mm-hmm. triggered by your hormones. Yes. Listen, ladies, I'm here to talk to you. So we all go through this time during our time of the month and there's a lot going on physically inside of our bodies. So... We just need to like take a step back and be like, look, there's a lot going on inside of me right now. I may want to hug you in one sentence and then, you know, kick your ass out in the next, (laughs) but that's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's just, you know, I've been practicing a lot of having grace with myself in everything that I do, whether it be, you know, finding a job, a new relationship, having, you know, a weird interaction where I'm like, fuck like why did I say that but it's mm-hmm. like calm down it's like it's not as it's not that deep what I tell what I tell myself but when it is that deep then that's another conversation but we don't got to get into that <laughs> it's a song for another time <laughs> but do you feel like after reading that passage mm-hmm. because I never put the word pain body to my triggers like right. it was a new word that I was ab- adding to my vocabulary mm-hmm. Do you feel like you acknowledged any pain bodies that you might have that you want to discuss? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
apart from, you know, being a mental health counselor and, you know, doing the things that I do, you know, I'm a person through and through. Um, and something that I want to put out there is that we are human beings, right? We're not human doings. You don't always need to be doing something all at one time. So my pain body really came from a lot of change going on around me. And again, as a 25 year old, there's always going to be change consistently throughout my life. Um, so I kind of recognize it as at first when it comes up, I'm like, oh my gosh, all this change is happening around me. You know, everything's going to turn to shit. You know, everything's just kind of going to go south in that sense. But then my best friend kind of put it in this perspective but and saying like, but what if everything works out? What if this is a good change? What if this brings out a new side of you? Um, so that's kind of how I was processing my own pain body. And with change came a lot of anxiety for me. I kind of be- became very disassociated um, where I felt like I was on autopilot mode a lot of the times. I would drive to work, talk to the people I talk to every day, come home, talk to my family, talk to my friends. Um, but the conversation didn't stimulate me or it didn't resonate with me as if it normally would. So acknowledging that anxiety in that sense is really important because I kind of had to have that tough conversation with myself in the sense where there's going to be a lot of changes throughout my lifetime. So I really have to understand like, look, just because things are changing doesn't mean that it's going to be a bad change, doesn't mean that it's going to be a good change, just means that things are going to, you know, be different. But I can still be the same person. And I'm even changing right now, you know, on this spiritual journey that I'm on too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a good change and it's a gradual change and I'm controlling it. Of course, some things are out of our control at times, but at the end of the day... The way you look at it is in your control. Absolutely. Yeah, my mom always says, she's like, life is 99% of what happens to you, and then the 1%... Wait, I fucked that up. (laughs) Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know exactly what you were trying to say. I know that quote. Yeah, it's like... For anyone who doesn't know that quote, I'll give you another shot. It's like 1% is like what happens to you, and 99% how you react to it. Yeah. Boom, got it. Okay. Oh my God. I look at that quote every day, people. Like, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah. Maybe, you're, maybe your pain body is triggered. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Oh my, oh God, my God. It's changed. I'm turning red. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what has that experience been like for you processing your pain body and, you know, going through those motions? You know, there was a lot that I, when I read this excerpt mm-hmm. and I talked to you about I felt like you would be the perfect person to do this podcast episode with. I started thinking about my pain bodies and not one, not two, but like a million came to my mind about Mm -hmm. triggers that I have. Yeah. And I felt like I've dealt with shit from my childhood up until I would say like middle, late teens on a surface level. I Mm -hmm. never felt the need to dive deep into it. Yeah. And I... I still don't really feel that need to like really dive deep into it. Like Mm -hmm. I said before, I feel like the way that I process diving deeper is the way I'm going to show my kids Mm -hmm. when they grow up. That's how I'm going to like completely acknowledge that pain body and the triggers that it caused me and make sure that my kids don't have that Mm -hmm. or anyone else. When I try to talk to like my other friends or some family members Mm -hmm. about the way that they're looking at some things I always try to say, don't take it personally. It's like my basic motto is like, try not to take whatever situation, 
whatever they said, anything they did mm-hmm. personally right. to make it affect you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in recent terms, my pain, but bo- I've become such a homebody within mm-hmm. the past like few months. Like, yeah, like, have. like I used to go out and party like mm-hmm. drink every day like this girl was out all the time people like, all the she- <laughs> time anytime someone asked me to go out I was there I mm-hmm. was there five minutes early because you know I don't be late mm-hmm. but lately I become such a homebody yeah and socializing with people gives me anxiety yeah like so I'm like is this a new pain body that I need to acknowledge and I have acknowledged it mm-hmm. and the way that I've kind of tried to find a solution is that I don't feel pressure when I go out. I don't feel pressure to drink. I don't feel pressure to like spend a rack or whatever, wherever I'm at, because Mm -hmm. it's just not important to me anymore. Right. But that anxiety of having to socialize with people, it was like a scary, a scary thing because that, that's not me. No. Yeah. I was like, who am I? It's not. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of people can definitely relate to that because of the pandemic and of quarantine, everybody was so locked up and they were only interacting with their family members or the people that they were living with for, I want to say for almost a a year. year. Yeah. So losing that sense of social interaction and being in front of somebody, right, recognizing their body language, because I'm sure we all FaceTimed everybody that we knew over quarantine just to have that social interaction. But sitting here and talking to you face to face is a lot different than us FaceTiming or us calling each other over Mm -hmm. the phone because a lot of and I have social anxiety, too, especially when it comes to meeting new people, because I'm like before I would say, oh, my gosh, what are they going to think of me? I have to like put this persona on or be somebody or amp up this part of my personality to make me more likable. But now it's kind of just like you know, I am who I am. Like mm-hmm. people who like me for who I am are going to just naturally come to me. Um, but yeah, I think that social anxiety is something that a lot of people can relate to because, you know, we are such creatures of habit as humans. So when we get broken out of that, it's like, wait, hold on a second. Like, what are we doing here? And then we love to overanalyze everything. Like, did you see the way that they turn their body towards me? Or like, did you oh see the way God. that they Are you like- talking to me, Paulina? <laughs> just at me. Okay. Right. At Mariah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And it's like, like you were just saying, we can't take things personal with people we're not personal with. Mm-hmm. So the weird look that the grocery store person gave you when you were going through the McDonald's drive through and they have an attitude with you, that has nothing to yeah, do with you. It doesn't. At all. And but then, that's when people like I feel like I used to just flip like, yeah, I would just go in. And it was funny because at the Greek place that um, I was telling you about mm-hmm. the girl there, she had such an attitude. But it, we were the first ones in the door. Mm-hmm. And my stepdad was like, why she have such an attitude? Da, yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. And I'm like, we're here a minute after they're opened. I would have an attitude, too. And I was right. t- like, don't <laughs> take it personally. Yeah. And then we sat down, ordered and like she brought our food out. And she was fine. Yeah. I'm like, see, and you wanted to just flip out. And I was like, oh, see, for yeah. me, like this is improvement for me because if someone gave me an attitude, I'm usually like, like, who do you think you're talking to? Literally, right. (laughs) But I feel like that was, it is a trigger is socializing. I don't want it to be a trigger. Mm -hmm. It's like there's pros and cons to it because the pro is 
I have enjoyed being by myself. Mm -hmm. I love being by myself. Mm -hmm. I love doing things for me. I love working out. I love reading. I love all this stuff. And then to me, going out on the weekend and like going out at nine, coming home at midnight one, two, it's just not worth it to me. Yeah. So it's like pros and cons to it. Mm -hmm. But I've acknowledged it. And then when I do go out and socialize and I feel that, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I have to just tell myself to relax. Yeah. And I acknowledge that I know why I'm feeling that because I'm socializing. Yeah. But I just need to calm down. And listen, like breath work works wonders. Mm -hmm. Breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth. And like a technique that I used to do a lot of the times in my internship was square breathing so it's like you breathe in for two hold for three exhale for two and then just keep doing it it just makes a square Mm -hmm. um but our bodies so much and so much so go into this fight or flight mode right and that's really where that anxiety comes in um because in that situation let's you know take your example of being at the restaurant you could easily go into fight mode who does she think she's talking to why is she giving me this attitude blah 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 or it could have been flipped over to the flight mode and been like oh my god like we're bothering them like we have to leave you Mm -hmm. know what I mean but that's kind of getting into the place right in the middle right that sweet spot where it's like the wise mind which is that perfect combination of a rational mind which is thinking rationally but then also incorporating your emotions and validating those emotions. So staying in that wise mind is very hard, but it can be done. And your wise mind is going to look different than mine, than the next person, and the next person. So yeah, just kind of like keeping all of that in in your conscious space mm-hmm. is super important. So what advice would you give someone who is always like a reactor? Mm-hmm. Like, how can someone learn to just take a few steps back and not overthink any situation that they're put in? And I'm talking, like, any situation on a broad scale, whether it has to do with relationships, career, Mm -hmm. financially, personally, friendly, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have any any tip or trick (laughs) that they can do? Yeah. Um, Slowing down your thoughts, I think, is the first step. Because you want to understand... Because when we react, we react so quickly, right? It's almost like we don't even realize that we're doing it. It just kind of happens. But having that power over your mind of slowing down your thoughts and kind of just recognizing, okay, I want to react this way right now because of this. And something that I've learned to do that's been really helpful is asking myself why five times. And doing that, one, slows down your thoughts, and two, helps you understand where this trigger is coming from whether it be a pain body or a past trauma or if you know pretty much just the reason why you want to react the way that you want to react so let's say you're driving on the highway and you get cut off nobody likes to get cut off on the highway especially Mm -hmm. me because I'm always fucking late (laughs) so I'm always in a rush so I could say in that moment instantly I could say I'm gonna follow that guy you know give him the middle finger roll down my window and curse him off But then I can tell myself, Paulina, why would you want to do that? Because he disrespected me. Well, why did he disrespect you? Because maybe he's in a rush. Well, why is he in a rush? And it's like, it gets down to like the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you don't know. His wife could be having a baby, having a baby right (laughs) now. He could be rushing somewhere. He could be late too. Mm -hmm. So it's really just breaking down those instantaneous thoughts that we all have because we all, you know, judge or we all have these very quick, 
thoughts that come up out of nowhere so really just becoming more conscious of them and really understanding why am I thinking this right now why do I want to react to this right now and is it even worth it to react right now am I going to be upset about this in 48 hours am I going to go to sleep in the next two days and say I should have said something to that waitress because she was rude to me no Mm -hmm. is it worth it no it's not so just kind of rationalizing with yourself in those moments would be my word of advice but mm-hmm. yeah well you are the the expert the expert right. in this situation right right i just run a podcast <laughs> come on <laughs> working now. on it right so another main concept that that excerpt of the book discussed while discussing the pain body mm-hmm. was ego Ego was brought up like every other word. Yeah. And every time I've used the word ego Mm -hmm. or heard someone say ego, Mm -hmm. I feel like, and this is just my personal, every time it has to do with someone who just thinks so highly, like constant Mm -hmm. of themselves. And while it was discussed in the book, it Mm kind of talks about your ego like I feel like it's never your ego it's always someone else's ego Mm -hmm. that's like setting you off right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. so how do we feel about what Eckhart Tolle how he describes ego in the pain body yeah so like our ego is something that we all have and I definitely can relate to you in the sense where it's like stereotypically when we talk about ego it's like oh that guy has a huge ego he thinks who the f he is blah 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 i was gonna say that but i was like let me not like i do feel like it's a lot of the times toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. the alpha male we always attach ego to it yeah and that's not the case no yeah females can be like Mm -hmm. that too um but nonetheless our ego is something that we all have but when it comes down to it is that the ego loves to make everything about itself it's very very selfish in that sense so that's really why our ego and our pain body go so well hand in hand because the ego reacts to this trigger that the pain body has taught us um whether it be irritation or a bad mood or getting in a fight with somebody or feeling anxious or whatever the case is um because our pain body our trigger um and our ego makes it bigger than it has to be that's distracting ourselves from actually getting to the root or the source of this pain so it's saying oh you should react this way because this is how you've always reacted to it Mm -hmm. versus what would be more helpful which is why am I feeling this way right now? What about my environment? What about, you know, what's going on around me is triggering this emotion inside of me? Um, but again, you know, like we said before, that's a lot of hard work that not a lot of us are ready to do or ready to be put in that vulnerable position because it's it's turning that mirror inward and saying, how what do I have to fix inside of me in order to live the best version of myself that I possibly can. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely hard for people who are so ego driven Mm -hmm. to even see outside of that. Like it's tunnel vision and the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. is ego. Yeah. Like, and I don't, it's hard for me to like think back of a time where I had like ego or Mm -hmm. showed too much ego in a situation I feel like someone Mm. needs to tell me a time yeah and then I can reflect on it Mm -hmm. so how would you like how would you say someone who's so ego driven Mm -hmm. what is a way that they can self-reflect or what is 
some way that they can kind of just pause yeah. when someone thinks so highly of themselves and it's just they don't see anything else that tunnel vision yeah so we always want to make sure we know what's what our ego is being driven by is it being driven by success is it being driven by money is it being driven by you know relationships or something um because again our ego loves to make everything about ourselves but the tricky thing about it is that it always is raising the bar higher and higher and higher. So we'll never actually be able to obtain what the ego wants us to obtain because it's just never going to be reachable. So coping with your ego comes with a lot of mindfulness and mindfulness can look different for so many different people. For somebody it could be meditation, for others it could be exercise, for others it can just be journaling. Um, personally, I like to to meditate and to journal because I think it's a really great way to kind of just dump all my thoughts onto a page and mm -hmm. just sit with myself um but for someone who is so ego driven it's almost like okay you're driven by this ego but what's the end result what are you chasing afterward what's that prize that you want so bad and most of the time they'll say oh well I want to be making six figures by the time I'm this age okay but what if that doesn't happen then what is the world going to crumble in front of you? Is mm -hmm. your life going to turn upside down? Most likely, no. Um, so just practicing, you know, honesty, surrendering our need to be in control all of the time. Because so much of the time we want to be in control of our emotions or what's going on around us. But it's just, it's never going to happen. You know, our emotions come up and that's what it is. And we are not our egos. We're not our jobs, our failures, our successes. But if we continue to let our ego control our life, we're never going to be satisfied with who we are because, again, the bar is always going to get higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels as though we're chasing after something that doesn't want to get caught. So just understanding what it is that our ego wants. Does it want intimacy from a relationship? But we're constantly searching for ourselves and other people. Is it constantly wanting more money? So we're quitting jobs to get to the next job, to get to the next, like, you know? So it all just kind of comes back. I feel like maybe I just had a revelation, but I feel Let's like for it. people who are ego-driven, mm -hmm. I think the way that they see, or a potential way, not the way, mm -hmm. that they can see outside of that is mm -hmm. by loss. Yeah. Is losing, whether that's a person, like, actually losing like death or if they mm -hmm. lose a relationship yeah that they were super committed into or they lose a job they lose an opportunity I feel mm -hmm. like with loss be triggers the pain absolutely and then once you hit rock bottom it's like where do you go from there so someone yeah. who's so ego driven they hit rock bottom I feel like that's when the changes can start to happen yeah maybe I'm talking from personal experience too because <laughs> I feel like I always have seen myself in such a high light right mm -hmm. but then there were certain relationships that I've had that mm -hmm. have brought out different sides of me not yeah. all good yeah um some of them were really bad and I hit rock bottom and I realized like ew like I don't <laughs> like feeling like this like yeah, this is it sucks because I always have like done shit for myself I've always mm -hmm. worked for what I want what mm -hmm. I think I bring it to the table I bring it alive and when I yeah. felt that pain and that loss it made me kind of self-reflect as to why 
why does someone like want to lose me? Why would someone want to do this to me? Like Mm -hmm. I had myself up here and it humbled me because I'm up here. Yes. But there's other factors that go into it. Right. That just, it came to me. I feel like once you, you you continuously lose something Mm -hmm. or you feel all like too much negative emotions Mm -hmm. is when you can start being like, okay, what can I do to make myself happy? Yeah. But it's, he actually discusses in the book too, that there's some people who are so deep into their, their pain body and they Mm -hmm. don't see, they don't see that light at the end of the tunnel. They don't see anything that he says. Some people who are so into their pain body actually take it to suicide. Yeah. And he ties that into it. I was like, Ooh, that's a little, it's deep. It's deep, but it happens, Mm -hmm. you know, because so many people don't, feel that this is ever going to get better or they'll never change or anything like that um and you know suicide is something that unfortunately in the mental health field is talked about a lot um but it's understanding again where that where that's coming from and so much of the time it's you know from a past experience that's you know more recent experiences have just built on and triggered that sadness and something that we may not have dealt with um so yeah the pain body can get really 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 deep really deep and those wounds can get really deep the way that i like to describe it is the pain body is these shackles that have these holds on us right we could say oh we're free we're this free spirit this free body whatever the case is but are we are we not recognizing something that's actually happening right inside of us and we're just ignorant to it we're choosing to ignore it Um, but we have to be able to have those tough conversations with ourselves and say, you know, this happened to me and it really sucked Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't enjoyable. I now look at my relationships in totally, this is me. I look at my relationships in a totally different light. When I was younger, I felt I have to have a million friends in order to be valuable or I have to have you know all of these people that like me in order to to be something but now as I'm getting older the ripe age of 25 um I feel as though it's more about the qual and this is so corny but like the quality of your friendships Mm -hmm. versus the quantity because your true friends we've had conversations like this I've had conversations like this with pretty much all my friends my friends now know me inside and out they know my pain bodies they know like if I'm like Mariah I'm getting really anxious right now and you're like well this is happening Mm -hmm. you know it's it's nice to have those people around versus the people that are just like just breathe it out like you'll be fine because that is so invalidating but it also amps up that pain body too it's like fuel to that fire Mm -hmm. so so this is kind of getting into the topic of how we can cope with our pain bodies, mm-hmm. how we can even like have this conversation with ourselves about yeah. our pain bodies and even with other people. Like, I yeah. feel like I want to have a conversation. Well, I kind of know my family's like pain bodies. We're all 
very similar. I know like the little triggers for Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about acknowledging that and being able to be there for someone too. It's Mm -hmm. not only about yourself, but wanting to be like you just said, if Mm -hmm. you were experiencing like having anxiety that happened when I was in Colorado, actually with Nicole Mm -hmm. and we were driving through the Rocky mountains Mm -hmm. and I was like, it was so beautiful. Like it was gorgeous, Mm -hmm. but we were taking pictures and videos and I was like, I started hyperventilating. Like I started panicking because Mm -hmm. I had like this traumatic childhood story on bear mountain where like I almost died. And it reminded me of that because the roads were so small and there was mountains and Mm -hmm. it was just like, it's a lot. It was a lot. And I told her, I was like, I'm getting anxiety right now. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I might have to pull over. And it was snowing too. It was, it was a scary drive. And she yeah. was like, you're getting anxiety. I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm feel like I'm hyperventilating. Like I'm gonna have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, well, what do you plan on doing when we get back from the trip? And like completely like try to get my mind mm-hmm. off of it. Mm-hmm. And obviously you know how that story ended, but yeah. Like she was a great friend in that moment. And that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. And it's important to have those kinds of people when you have something like that where you don't even like my pain body at that moment came so fast. I, Mm -hmm. I couldn't react like I had to uh, react with a panic attack. Yeah. So it's important to surround yourself with people. And if you do like you're going to meet new friends you get a new job you meet new people mm-hmm. and you get close to them mm-hmm. to have that conversation or yeah. kind of just look at them and ask what they're feeling if they look like you know something's happening mm-hmm. so how can we cope and how can we learn to be there for others that we care about in a better light I know yeah. he talks about it a lot in the book is by acknowledging it mm-hmm. and I I mean that's like self-explanatory but how can we get deeper into yeah. just acknowledging it yeah well first I want to comment on you know when we are talking about it with somebody else so like let's say you're having anxiety for days and days and days and you know you're kind of divulging that onto me and I'm kind of really feeling this like heavy weight onto me because you know I'm an empath by nature and I feel like so many of us are but we may not know it or some of us completely lack empathy but that's another whole conversation um but sometimes when somebody is divulging these things onto us we really start to get weighed down by those things and that's not you know the other person's intention or anything but you also have to acknowledge that that isn't your weight to carry but you could still be there for that person so one of the best Mm -hmm. ways i feel like you could do this is just by saying is this my weight right now and i've done this in the past my clients have done this and they've done it and they say holy shit i just felt this whole huge weight being lifted off my shoulders and i know now that it's not my weight so being there Mm -hmm. for somebody doesn't mean that you have to take on their pain because when you take it away, it, yeah, it may disappear from them, but then now you have it. And then, then you may want to pass it to somebody else. And it's never going to get resolved. It's just going to get passed around. But, yeah, I mean, getting deeper into just bringing awareness, um, using, you know, our coping skills in the here and now, but also tailoring our coping skills to this current version of who we are. Because we're constantly changing as people right? Who you were five years ago is not the same person who you are now. So breath work may have worked for you back then, but you may need something a little bit more, you know, 
tangible to mm-hmm. do. So another really great coping skill for anxiety is recognizing five, using your five senses in that way. That's a really great technique because you always have your five senses on you. You never forget them at home, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling really anxious while driving, walking, at work, whatever, recognize, okay, what are five things I can see right now? This painting, I can see your hat, I can see this microphone, I can see my phone, my water bottle. And it really brings our attention to what's happening right in front of us. It's a great distraction mm-hmm. technique. Um And, you know, being in that wise mind that I was talking about, which is just that center of rationality and emotional mind, because, again, it focuses our attention on one issue and slowly we can start to expand our awareness. And it's really one of those zoom out moments again, because... I think like you're a more rational thinker and I'm a more emotional thinker, Mm -hmm. but having that perfect balance really helps us make decisions that are right for us. I may think something that you decided I wouldn't do and vice versa, but it doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. it's not, I don't have to live with that decision. So with the wise mind, you want to make sure that it's your wise mind. I'm not copying and pasting it from me. I'm not doing that for somebody else, but it's for me. And again, you really just have to get to know yourself. Spend time with yourself. Meditate, exercise, journal. Do something that allows you to feel and feel alive and feel stimulated by something that you're doing. Um, I really like going on walks by myself and listening to music. Or like I said before, I really like journaling because then I can look back and again this is another mindfulness technique something I've also done with my clients is that like with journaling it's really incredible because you can look back at all of your progress and that really again brings you into a zoom out moment and saying wow like I used to feel this way about this thing I was journaling about this all the time but then as time went on I kind of realized maybe this isn't so important anymore Mm -hmm. or maybe I don't really want to put so much emphasis on this anymore um so it's really just about getting to know yourself understanding you know where these pain bodies are coming from what coping skills are going to work for you because I have a friend who's like journaling not for me Mm -hmm. right but she loves to run so she's like running is my therapy where I can just you know get it all out on that run the bitch runs like eight miles a day but (laughs) something I could never do but that's neither here nor there um but yeah it's just about doing things that are gonna bring you that inner peace that so many of us are searching for but may never find but you just got to figure it out Mm -hmm. so I feel like for our people who listen and get this far into the episode I feel like a great exercise to start with Mm -hmm. is by sitting down with yourself and you don't have to write it down necessarily but think back to like the earliest time you felt a negative emotion in your life right And that can be four, five, six, seven years Mm -hmm. old. That can be 20, 21, 30, 40. You never know. Think back to a time where you felt triggered Mm -hmm. and try to kind of analyze and break down your feelings in Mm -hmm. that moment. Because if you remember it in the now, Mm -hmm. you remember how it happened, why it happened, why you were feeling like that, those emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step in acknowledging it. Definitely. And if you keep going through your whole life timeline mm-hmm. on every negative emotion that you felt that was so significant to you that you can mm-hmm. remember it to this day, yeah, 
you are having that conversation with yourself without yeah. having a conversation. Absolutely. You're a hundred percent self-reflecting mm-hmm. and then you can start once you get to the present, once you get to the now, mm-hmm. then when those emotions come up again in present time, mm-hmm. then you'll be kind of equipped with the tool yeah. of acknowledging it, mm-hmm. analyzing it, mm-hmm. understanding and becoming conscious of it is um, how he describes it a lot in the book. Mm -hmm. And you'll realize that this whole episode and this whole pain body, it's like, I just feel like that's a great first step. Yeah. Is to just sit down with yourself. Yeah. Set a candle, you know, maybe play some like hmm, music, Mm -hmm. some frequency tunes Mm -hmm. and like to get your mind thinking. Yeah. And whatever emotions come up during that time, whether you start crying, whether you start feeling angry, Mm -hmm. let it happen. Let it happen. Let it happen. Yeah. Because so much of the time when meditating, we are like, oh, I'm not supposed to be thinking about anything right now. Like, Mm -hmm. let me just block everything out. But no, like just kind of like let it flow. Let the things that are coming into your mind seamlessly come in acknowledge that they're there and then watch them leave it's almost like throwing the emotions like off a cliff you see it in your hand you know what it's there but then you're like see ya and then you just kind of chuck it off Mm -hmm. the cliff um but also you know i've said this a couple of times now but showing yourself gratitude and having gratitude in your everyday life and just recognizing what you are grateful for um because that's really how the universe rewards you with more abundance Um, And if you acknowledge what's happened in the past with your pain bodies, how your pain bodies were developed, what things make up your pain bodies, and really just kind of pulling those puzzle pieces apart to then it just gets down to one and then you're like, okay, I'm done with this and then you move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, bringing yourself into the here and now, but also acknowledging the value in going into the past. Mm -hmm. You had pulled a quote from the book mm-hmm. that I, I want you to read. I have a quote too that I'm, yeah. I'm going to start wrapping this episode up with. <laughs> sure. Um, the pain body, which is the dark shadow cast by the ego, is actually afraid of the light of your consciousness. So the more light you bring to that pain body, it's almost like in The Wizard of Oz when the man behind the curtain, he gets exposed and you realize that he's not really this big powerful thing. It's just mm-hmm. a regular dude. Um The more light you bring to that, the more you realize, okay, I'm processing this. I'm doing the work right now. And sometimes it feels like work, but other times it doesn't. But then at the end of the day, when you get to a place where you can turn around and look back at this long road that you've been on, you're like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. look at all this work that I did. And that's where gratitude really comes in, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that can be helpful in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, that's like... um in my last episode he talked a lot about positive thinking Mm -hmm. positive reflection Mm -hmm. so when you realize like if you're getting triggered by your pain body and you start to first you acknowledge it you become conscious of its presence Mm -hmm. and then you start thinking why is it here Mm -hmm. like and but you don't let those negative emotions take over you right those positive emotions shine through yeah and i think something that i just want to quickly add is like With positivity, I feel like there's such 
maybe like a stereotypical connotation around it where it's like when yeah, people like are, don't what is the thing that people i actually it's toxic positivity yeah, is when people exactly. say like good vibes only mm-hmm. or positive vibes only like that is not actually realistic. not what you're supposed to say <laughs> yeah it's not it's not realistic because mm-hmm. we all go through so much shit in our lives but positivity and positive thinking is not going through the world with rose-colored glasses on saying oh my god every day mm-hmm. is so amazing blah 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 it's saying today sucked but i'm confident that tomorrow will be better mm-hmm. and just always having that light at the end of the tunnel and saying i can make tomorrow better by choosing not to do this or maybe choosing to get up an hour earlier to do something so it's about the decisions that we make but it's also about understanding our own pain body and understanding our own body in general mm-hmm. so one last quote that i highlighted in my book because i'm a highlighter when i read love that um in the excerpts when he's discussing the pain body mm-hmm. is that pain can only feed on pain yes. pain cannot feed on joy true mic drop <laughs> <laughs> literally if i could drop this mic i would <laughs> don't um, drop it <laughs> right but don't do that right um yeah, Brene Brown, who's someone that I really love and admire and look up to. She's um, a motivational speaker. She's a PhD. She's just a bad bitch in general. <laughs> but something that she says is we can't have joy without being vulnerable or without having gratitude because we so many times resist ourselves from being in certain situations because I'm scared or I don't know how it's going to turn out. But that's like kind of like what we were saying before. What if the situation brings you so much joy? And being vulnerable doesn't mean kind of, you know, laying it all on the line. It just means that you're showing up and you're saying, this is who I am. And this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to be. So keeping that in mind is key. Is key. Word. Well, that, this was a really good episode. It was such a fun, fun might not be the right word, but it was such a (laughs) good topic to discuss yeah because i feel like if people can now put the word pain body Mm -hmm. to their negative emotions it'll be easier than just saying i'm angry now Mm -hmm. or i'm upset now Mm -hmm. you can say this is triggering my pain body right now Mm -hmm. and yeah and keep going i think it's a really good thing for not only like us our age but to teach kids like why are you upset right now Mm -hmm. little billy this is triggering (laughs) your pain body maybe like teach yeah everyone yeah this definitely um the last thing i guess i'll say is when we are labeling our emotions too it's important not to say i am this right because that's embodying the whole emotion so if i'm saying i am upset that's kind of embodying everything that that word actually means I can sit here and say, I'm Paulina, but that means that's true, right? Because I am Paulina. Mm-hmm. I'm not embodying every Paulina that there ever was. <laughs> but instead of saying I am, maybe it's just saying like, I'm feeling this way. Because then it kind of separates you from your emotions and that way it's a separate entity. And that way it's easier to deal with if it's outside of you versus if it's inside, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yes, that definitely makes sense. Cool. So do you want to put your Instagram handle out on there? Sure. Say at, what is it? At I think Paul. I think it's just my name. I think it's. At Paulina. Oh. I can put it in the show notes too for you guys yeah. to check it out. So my Instagram is at 
my name, Paulina Minucci. Um, if anyone has any questions or just wants to talk, my DMs are always open. I am on private because clients and such, but just, you know. Yeah, or just reach out to me and I can mm-hmm. forward you to definitely the expert herself. Do you have any resources like that you know off the top of your head for someone? Hmm. Well, I'm reading a great book now. It's called The Rhythm of Now. That has really brought a lot of things, you know, to to light. Um, there is a, there's so many good guided meditations on um, YouTube. YouTube. Mm-hmm. I like Spotify versus Apple Music. Um, a good way or a good music to listen to when meditating. It's Miracle Frequency music that really gets me in the zone. Um but yeah, whatever works for you is going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about if it works for anybody else. And for anyone who is interested in reading, I'll just repeat the book is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And he discusses so many amazing things about ourselves and how to deal with certain things that come up, how we continue to process some situations that we've had in the past and really embracing the power of now our Mm -hmm. current life present time and Mm -hmm. how important it is Mm -hmm. he puts an emphasis on you shouldn't live in the past Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't live in the future you shouldn't think like where you're gonna be in five Mm -hmm. years you shouldn't put a timeline to that Mm -hmm. you should really live in the now so it's a 10 out of 10 yeah recommended reading and something else with the power of now it's like recognizing that the things that you wished for or the things that you hoped for that are happening to you right now but you're wasting time on saying oh i you know can't wait for this to happen but you're not even enjoying the things that you wanted to happen Mm -hmm. but that's right in front of you so just being mindful and conscious is is the key the power of now yes period heard so (laughs) make sure if you guys don't already follow me on instagram and continue to check out the site musebymariah.com as new articles and episodes are posted weekly thanks guys bye